You're listening to Talking Tunes, and joining me on the podcast today is Taskman. Hey, Eric, mate, how are you, my friend? I'm alive, <laughs> so I guess I'm fine. Alive? That's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you anyway? You're physically in Finland or somewhere else? Still living in Finland. I'm about to move to the UK actually in the forthcoming winter. How long are you going to be over in the UK for then? Uh, hopefully permanently. Oh, right. Oh, great. Oh, good stuff. We need to start getting you in for bookings then. That's, I mean, that was never the intention of the podcast, but I mean, people need to start booking you, right? Oh, yeah. And it'll be so much easier and cheaper once I'm actually there, like without any hassle with the flights and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. First tune starting out with C-Fax Acid Crew. It's an interesting one, this one. It is like Brain Dance IDM Acid, not C-Fax's usual sort of offering. Yeah, like I picked this one because it was such a important track when I was trying to find my own flavor. Like I only had some Apex Twin live sets on my computer, which I downloaded very legally. <laughs> this track was one of the tracks playing in it, and then you could hear the audience and stuff like that. And I had no idea what this track was, so it took me over a decade to find the title of this track. And it was really like those skippy triplets. It was one of the like building stones what inspired me in drum programming and stuff like that. So you didn't pick the order of this, I've picked the order of these tunes, so hopefully we're doing it justice. This one was an interesting tune, this one, Marusha, uh, it takes me away. It's sort of a happy hardcore vibe, of all the collection that you've got here, it sort of stands out a bit. Oh shit, yeah, well I stood out as a kid like pretty much as the only one, I was like what, eight or nine or something, as the only one who listened to like Rave and Gabber and stuff like that. We used to have like this old tape called Technoboomi from 94. This track like from Marusha was my absolute favorite from it. So I pretty much just listened to that and then Thunderdome <laughs> as well. And I pretty much like stood out as the only kid in the school who listened to like this type of music. So that's why I picked it. Yeah, happy hardcore. I always like it. It always brings you smile. It does, yeah. yeah it, like, I still do listen to some of the tracks I listened back then, but with the nostalgia added to it more, you know, it takes me away and back. <laughs> If someone says to me, is this happy hardcore or isn't it happy hardcore? I think that little bell, you know, the ding, 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 ding. That is just like, you could not be more happy hardcore than using that sample. 
<laughs> yeah, and how the bass is like so high pitched. Also, it's like compared to like some brain damaging hardcore and gabber and stuff like that. It's like much more literally happier. <laughs> So how did you discover Raven? I mean, you're on the internet looking for music? I mean, what is it that led you down that garden path? Oh, no, 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 no. It was, we had tapes and like, we didn't have internet then. Like, it, we only had like tapes and CDs. So that's pretty much, I mean, we did have internet, but it was, you know, that. Dial up shite. Yeah, 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 you couldn't do anything. You could only like play solitaire and, or try to send an email, which would last like half an hour or something. <laughs> Also, yeah, so my music is still not playing. I still haven't pushed play, so I should be playing, right? Yeah, we did 4, 3, 2, 1, hit play. And I, I didn't hear any 3, 2, 1. I just heard, okay, and then suddenly it started like, and here we are at talking to him, so. What's he talking about? Bells and stuff. It's like, yeah, that's what we're listening to right now. Because <laughs> you even said to me, I've got the space bar set up and everything. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, somehow you're 3, 2, 1. It, like, I didn't hear that. It just went straight up, like, are you ready? And then, here we are. So I was like, oh. <laughs> sorry, that must have been my internet blipped out or something like that. So sorry about that. All right, are you ready? You do the countdown, I'll hit play, go for it. Uh, three, two, one, go. You're listening to Talking to I tell you, every time I do this, there's always some technical glitch or problem or whatever. I like chaos to be honest with you sometimes. I think sometimes you need to have a bit of chaos just to make things interesting happen, do you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, it has to things like everything is chaos and like everything needs chaos in order to like be chaotic. <laughs> We are, where are we now? We are eight minutes into Talking Tunes and we are on to this artist. What's their name and what's this title track? Okay, oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> okay, Gabrus. 
I can't pronounce all the symbols, but I absolutely love what he did. Like, he has been such a massive inspiration to me. And like, the funny thing is that like I saw his name lingering over the internet always, but I never really paid that much attention to it. Like, I really nosed up into his stuff right before he passed. So it's sort of a bummer. Like, I wish I could like message with him or something, because like his stuff is so weird. <laughs> Like, it's literally so alien and uh, genre-pushing. I love it. And this specific track, which is a bunch of symbols again, uh, is it's at the brink of being pleasant and petrifying. Like, I love it. <laughs> so the artist I think we're talking about is Cubrus. I think how I would pronounce it. Anyway, Cubrus. Yeah, I call him Kebrus, but I'm from Finland, so... Kebrus. So. Yeah. That sounds, sounds equally valid. Oh yeah, his sound palette is so unique. Like, there's no one else uh, who gave up what he did. Like, that's strange because, like, uh, every time you hear someone, there's like something you've heard somewhere. But he completely danced to his own drum. And I love how Mystique, with his like responses to like interviews and stuff like that, he like completely <laughs> he was taking a piece. Like, oh yeah, I'm here in the some planet, and <laughs> you know, like it was completely living what he was doing. So this track is called Left Arrow, Three Circles, Circle Triangle, uh, Upside Down Triangle, Triangle, Curly Bracket, Three Circles, Right and right Arrow, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the track I'm talking about. Do you think he had any sort of convention to that name? Do you, I mean, I can't imagine he just typed in a bunch of random characters. You know, like, you know, obviously you go to Unicode and grab a bunch of random characters, but I'm sure, obviously, as you say, he's passed since... So we'll never know, perhaps, but uh, I'm sh- I-, I would imagine you had some sort of logic to it. I only know that like I love languages and like scripts different languages use, and I've noticed that he used a lot of those Native American... Uh, I have no idea what the scripts are called, but they, for example, have those triangles with few dots above them or inside or below them. And so it's pretty similar to, like, for example, Thai or something. They, they're like uh, consonant sounds or something, but I never really put the energy to actually decipher it if the tra- tracks actually had some name yeah it's interesting isn't it because like arabic thai and sanskrit which indian people use in um, hindu i think it's not as complicated as chinese or japanese kanji so there must be some yeah i've never really understood the logic I'm, yeah i'm sure that would be an interesting rabbit hole to get stuck into wouldn't it yeah it has the same like at least what he used like i've been studying thai language in the script for years and then like i finally cracked cracked how to read it so it works the same way it's like consonants and wobble sounds like at the same same time so it's pretty much that it's just a matter of remembering <laughs> how all of them like work together because my understanding of japanese and chinese is that when you see the character you need to just know what the word is which is why it's difficult to have things like dictionaries in chinese and japanese because you need to know how to spell it as in to write it in order to look it up um, and they've got like 6,000 characters for 6,000 words so super complicated yeah that, that's insane I've never dabbled in that I could not even fathom like how it works it's like it, even just like learning Thai was enough for me and that also it's like there's so many rules on how it works
Oh, I love this track. Oh my god. Uh, Rob Club. I think it's a galaxy compressed into a point. Galaxy claps into a point. 2015. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, this track is all about the ending. This beginning part is more like a like a yoga retreat background ambiance music. The way it explodes into that pure ecstasy. He's one of the most inspired. Not inspiring, but influential musicians for me like at the moment his musical acknowledgements I align uh, with the way he thinks uh, the way he composes his melodies and like he throws in these melodic beats and they're like so ecstatic and oh my god and this track is a perfect example of that and it's all about that ending part It feels like the space-time, like freezing still for a moment, just to give you a warm hug. So good. I'm terribly impatient. That's my problem. I need a hug now. I can't wait for it. <laughs> I'm here, darling. <laughs> but once I move to the UK. Well, I'm in Ireland, so that's going to be a bit of a problem. But uh, certainly, I've got more chance of seeing you in the UK. Oh, oh, fuck, yes. Oh, oh, dear. Yeah, I meant that as in I'm closer. Yes, a little bit closer. I can imagine getting from Finland over to the UK is a bit of a pain in the ass, right? As in flights, flights travel, etc. It's not that bad. It's like one and a half, two and a half hours. Like the city I live in here in Finland, it takes like three and a half hours to get to Helsinki. So it's not that bad. All right. Like my my stuff has pretty much like similar like it's the melodical structures are not that complex but exactly this like the warmth of whatever is happening like the like this is 
pure pill, like uh, sonic pill, like this track. So that's like what I love most of all, like in music. And like I would have loved to include in my list, like all of the tracks, like that are mostly uh, pure melodies and stuff like that. But I know that this is more rapey, <laughs> so it would be a bit of a snooze fest for people who wasn't in, into that. I always like it when you get this sort of stuff in films, though. Um, I often wonder what it would be like to be a musician that works on like films and creates these soundscapes, you know, like spacecraft coming into landing and that type of stuff, you know. Yeah, well, that's one of my dream. Like, sort of, I'd love to work on that to compose scores for like different movies and stuff because they inspired me. Like, they inspire me so much in my own music, like Danny Elfman and Clint Mansell and all of those. Like, so good. So this is pretty similar to that. Like, uh, those melodic uh, beats Rob Cloud uh, throws into his own tracks. Oh my god. <laughs> Where was the massive ending on that one? That was just like, I was expecting some... Yeah, well, that, that was the ending. That's what I was talking about. Like, the the warm hug. Like, that's what I love. Felt like an anticlimax to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> This is more like, you know, creepy, crawly, smile of victory. What a curveball. Love it. Friend, Frenzies, burn. And like, I wanted to throw this in because I still absolutely adore them. I mean, the band, I think that it's, it doesn't exist anymore, but, but they had such an influence on me, like when I was 13 and like snuck into like some squad party. Hearing this as a recording does no justice to hearing it live, like the sheer wall of noise, what it is. And especially like her screechy voice, it's so good. So I wanted to bring a little something that's something where I started from and something where I still am. Like my heart and soul, sort of. That punk music, I've got a lot of time for it, especially that sort of American hardcore punk sound. As you say, it's a live performance, is really, you'd need to see it because that it really is some performance where, you know, they're doing all sorts of God knows what on the stage. But you see the energy of it in, in the flesh. The recording doesn't do it justice. Yeah, it's like your hair is standing back because it's so loud and something you shouldn't be hearing so loud, you know, like ear damaging. And it's just like a sheer wall of noise and it's so so addicting and that's yeah i'm gonna say the other thing with punk music as well though is the mastering on it is so awful there's no eq separation it's just a big wall of mud you know <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that's that's why i said that this recording does no justice like having seen them so many times live it's so different and like they blew my head away like when i saw them the first time especially
Oh my god, sick puppy. Like, sick puppy and Sung, they're like my oldest friends and crime scene partner regarding Renoise. Like, they were the first two guys who I contacted, like, when I was really helpless, and, like, they helped me out a lot, and I love sick puppy. And he told me that you've been to his studio. Interesting. Is that Kian, who used to be called Lungbar? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Kian, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, like, Irish names are so pronounced completely different. C-I-A-N, yeah, Kian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's him! Oh, brilliant, because he was... He was making so much great music, but he just never released it. Yeah, so he has released some, like one of, like this is one of his tracks that he has, and he's such a wizard. Like I love how he's keeping up that, like Abel Kane voodoo, quadruplety, satanically, satanicy vibe going on. Like I picked this track, uh, this track out because like it. Like, it makes me want to dance with, like, uh, using two human skulls used as castanets or something, like... Yeah, what I love about this sort of breakcore is the way it changes so much that you can get into a rhythm and you can get into the sound, and it's like, nope, got to the end of the bars, into a new section now, you know? And it's just like, left, right, left, right, what the fuck's going on, you know? I love that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, he uses those, like, odd time signatures so cleverly, and especially, like, his triplets and... Uh, quadruplets like it's really addicting it has like this bedding in blood vibe <laughs> yeah i didn't realize he was recording a sick puppy i've given him a follow on the soundcloud now and i always been, i always get a little bit surprised when i see breakcore producers in ireland i'm like how do i not know these people there's quite a few like underground breakcore producers it's like yeah where are these people we need to get a breakcore gig going or something Yes, the same here in Finland. We have a really non-existent like breaker scene or anything here. Like, I'm pretty sure like the amount of artists doing break breaker, like the ones I know of at least, like there's less than ten of us maybe. Like, there's never been a big scene, and the only scene that was was like in the early 2000s. So that like I recently played a set uh, in a wonky mall in Eastern Helsinki, like on top of the mall, and the whole. It was like a huge festival thing, like every weekend. And uh, one of the nights were completely dedicated to breakcore. And I thought that was so cool. Like, first of all, I've never played like a gig outside, like on top of a mall. Like, it was so cool. So I think it's a good way forward. <laughs> I mean, Scandinavia is a big area, right? But you got Ozdada, Captain Raveman. There's a good few more names I'm missing off that list as well. Yeah, well, yeah, that's how, like, Sweden and Norway, they they do have more than Finland does. Like, it just never, well, I'm pretty sure that I speak for all of us, like, the northern countries, that saying that it, it never really, like, landed the same way that it landed elsewhere. That, especially in Finland, like, there's pretty much nothing. And the reason, like, why I never uh, doing music for 15 years and the first years I never even showed anyone anything because, like, no one would listen, like, or like there, there was no one to show it to. Oh my god, I love this track. Mm.
beauty of the internet though, isn't it? That's the beauty of the internet. That's one of the things as well with a lot of music, different genres of music. They'll say, oh, it has its origins in Memphis or its origins in Rotterdam, London, whatever, you know? Whereas breakcore, some would argue, has no origin, geographical origin. Its origin is the internet. Yeah, like you're, especially like if you're from a small city or something. Well, I'm from Helsinki, so that's not like for me. But like if you're from a small city, like you're pretty much, unless there's some sort of horror scene, you have no one to show it. And like the only scene is someone or some party organizers who remotely know Apex Twin or well, Venetian Snares because he's sort of pop, like in, like you know, like people know him. And stuff like that, but it's pretty much just that. The, the, there's nothing of that punk, which is breakcore. How else would a guy from Finland be talking to a guy in Dublin about a producer from Japan? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, I love this. Super. Super. Supplier. He managed to find a golden line between like that Kebrusi, uh, like that really alien sound, and breakcore. Like, which is really hard because, like in breakcore, like the sound sounds are transient, transient. You don't have eno enough time to enjoy the sounds. But, like that's why I picked this track out because, like, this is a bit slower, but it's so perfectly made. Like you get to hear all of those the stuff flying around you, and he or she or it is really something. I actually have no idea who he, she, it is. Like I've never talked to him, her, it, then they. I don't know. What <laughs> Likewise, yeah. But yeah, this is their tune, Cerebellum, off their new album, came out on uh, Mozicnet. Uh, I think you must have got a promo copy of it, same as I did. Um, ten odd tracks there, uh, out on the 2nd of September, so by the time this podcast comes out, it will be well and truly out and released. Um, but yeah, Spire, new album out now, and uh, all, all named after bits of the body, so interesting way of doing that. Yeah, it is. Oh, so good. Like, I'm so looking forward to hear what it cooks up next so much easier ca calling someone it like when you have no idea how to refer them to <laughs> or they or they well but isn't that non-gendered Gen they they them is genderless yeah but you can still refer to them as they whereas referring to someone as it makes them sound like a robot <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, right, yeah, right. It, well, it, it does sound like a robot. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Finnish language doesn't have like um, him, her, anything like that. So it's sort of difficult to refer to someone you've never met or talked to, so you have no idea if it's a robot or not. <laughs> it's always the thing, I think, with so many different languages as well, the way they all have their own little quirks and, and things, uh, a little bit different, like, you know? Uh, in Spanish, a friend, you could say is an amigo or an amiga, right? Amigo, male, amiga, female. But then if you're a they, them, non-binary, what do you use, amigo or amiga? Or can it just, there, there are no words to to fill that gap, whereas in English you have they, them, you know? Mm-mm, yeah. I don't want to come up there, like, because I myself am part of a, like, minority, like, sexual minority, so I don't want to come out as someone who's disrespectful, but I just meant it as a way as not knowing what or which genders uh, Supire is. Oh, gotcha. 
uh, context and, and, and intent, really, this is the important thing, I think. There's enough bigots and idiots out there to, to, to pick over rather than going, oh, hang on, you used a semicolon rather than a colon there. God, seriously. This sounds familiar. Who's this guy? This this one. Where are we now? What tune is this? Uh, yeah, this is actually my my track. This is. Uh, oh right, okay. The first glimpse to the album that has been in the made for way too long. <laughs> so this is one of the master tracks. No, but seriously, like some of the tracks are like artificial love for it's the four in that uh, comes from it being in the works for four years. When I finished it, and it's been like five years already. So like, so many of the tracks have been lingering around the internet for so long, and I just feel bad for getting this done earlier. But yeah, this is the first glimpse to a master track from the album. You're not alone. I know there's loads of artists out there that spend years and years on projects, and it, they seem to. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, right, you're focusing on art rather than being popular or trying to make money or get rich and famous, right? You're thinking, I want to make a piece of art, and it's done when it's done, and I'm happy with it, right? Yeah, and there's also the concept in the album, which like made it last even longer. There's a funny story too, like at the time when I finished Plastic Planet, uh, I read this, this news article about people who see letters in different colors and stuff like that. And there was this small mention about people who see sound. And like I've heard about that from before, from my ex, but it never really sunk into me. And then when I read it, it sunk. And it was like, I realized that, uh, that like me seeing sounds it seems like how everyone perceives music. So the whole point of the album is uh, like instead of just making music like that sounds nice to me, like I focused on the colors and shapes each tracks have. So there's a team to every track, which is either shape or color based. And then, so yeah, this is uh, an album about my synesthesia. And then like the original idea was to make artwork from each uh, each track, like you know, you know, the feeling like when people get the album, so they can they get a picture, like literal picture that I made myself and how I see it. But seeing that the album took so many years to make, I just uh, I made a cover which has like bits and bobs from every track, like shapes and colors and stuff like that. But yeah, that's the main reason why it took so long. Also, 
and uh, with synesthesia, it's like when you hear something long enough, it starts to come out of your memory instead of you actually seeing the sound. So you sort of have to work around that. And I've noticed that the older I get, the more the colors seem to fade. That is more shape based, so it's it was harder with tracks like this that had more like a baby blue color. Like I don't see that baby blue anymore. So I have to you know, work around it. So what shape is it? Is it a geometric shape that you can describe using words, or is it an abstract sort of thing? It's really abstract. Like, like for example, now when it's coming from my headphones, it's sort of the shape that uh, how it fills the air. It's more like in the head. But like for example, if a car passes me from behind, even without looking behind, I see the sound the car makes. So it's like sort of like having an eye open everywhere at the same time. Like I know lots of music musicians have it. Like even my dad has it, which is really funny. Like after I found out about the news, um, I called my family because apparently it's her hereditary. So I called my family, my mom, my dad, and I found out that my dad, who's a musician, he also has it. Like the exact same form of it. That is a cool story. Yeah. Some people can like smell colors, and so it's like the same thing. Mm. Good job you only see colors and, and, and see shapes, and you don't smell, uh, get a smell associated with the music. Cause that's probably not a great thing to <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Except for your music, obviously, which smells like strawberries. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, this track set smells so bad. Such a bad set. <laughs> But uh, going back to Creepy Crawly, you know, the punk tune from earlier on, I mean, you can imagine what smell came out of that. I mean, that's like leather and sweat, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that was just pretty much like the static, the static in TV, like punk music. So let's get to the question. Where did the name Tusk might come from? I would happily answer that if I was 14 and confused again. I, have, I literally have no idea. I feel like it... You literally have no idea? Like you, what, what, No, no, no. It, it, it's just something that, yeah, it just came to my mind. And like, it's so... The way it's pronounced in Finnish is so stupid. Like, it's in Finnish, it's pronounced Puskmide. So it's, it sounds like really stupid. <laughs> but I have no idea and or why I ever cling to that. But too tired to change it anymore. And besides, it's... Definitely how people know me now, so... So it's as random as like bing bong, something like that, just it's the noise of the words. Uh, who can say? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's been like, what, 15 years already, so I can't I can remember anymore. Oh my god, I love this track. So we're into a bit of the old uh, Venetian snares. Venetian snares extra. Oh yeah, I sort of love that I came on to this show with a speeded up version of a Venetian snares track. I think it sounds so stimulating, it's so good. I think this track played on 45 runs per minute. It, it like runs up uh, why he's like unpredictable and skippy sequencing is so... I think that's what's made him also like so known. For me this was uh, this and that CPEX track. I found these both at the same time and they were like really defining like in my 
my own flavor. You see that black cat just ahead of you? Look out. So this track is being played back at like plus 10% faster than it should be. Yeah, I think like I know it's a 33 run per minute vinyl, but I don't know how much faster. It's 45 over 33% faster, yeah. Whatever the maths on that is. <laughs> I didn't realise that. That's, that's, that's probably a good way of listening to Mr. Snezen, isn't it? Plus 15% faster. <laughs> like making break or more painful. It's so good, like, like that skippy sequencing and that like unpredictability. It's like, I find it's highly stimulating. It's like so good. And like this track is so, uh, such a perfect example of that. And this is from like what, 2001 or 2000? So this sounds familiar as well, is it? This is your tune. Oh yeah, this is me. Okay, so yeah, yeah, this is another track uh, from the album, which I actually picked out for you. <laughs> ah, cool. This is your tune. This is your tune, You Make Aliens Cry. Yeah, yeah. This track stands out as being more ravier than the others, but like, I remember you liking that orgasm remix track I made for like when I was playing in Tarantism. So this track is from the exact same project file. So it has loads of those same samples and sounds and stuff like that. So that's why I did that for you. And it, and it is a lot more ravier than the other ones. I do love a good old rave me, I tell you. I, mean, I always say you can't argue with acid, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. I and mean, if someone says they like rave music and they don't like acid, there's something wrong with them, right? Yeah, and then there's also that, like, I was with this track, I was aiming for a really like tacky 60s, like B class uh, science fiction movie vibe. And also, like, I'm not sure how much you listen to my track, but like, my, my tracks are ridiculously long and they're more like three tracks mashed to one. So this track is no exception in that. It, it just changes suddenly and then <laughs> it, it's really, really long. I, I'm just denying myself on when to like work on an actual like outro. <laughs> Thank you. 
I gotta say, I listen to a lot of stuff. I have a lot of sources for listening to stuff. And if I see a track that's eight minutes, <laughs> I have to admit, I'll skip through it. I'll skip through it. If it doesn't catch my ears, I'll just go on to the next one. I feel like I'm probably doing a massive disservice to a lot of good artists out there. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing with uh, like with the album, that's like photos, photisms, like when it's coming out, like most of my tracks are like closer to 10 minutes long, like some tracks are 10 minutes long, and like I know I do the same thing, like if I say that, oh, that's 10 minutes long, oh, oh my god, and then you won't even bother, we talked about with Julian that we, we were going to split it, but then after all this time, like it's been so long at the work, so we thought, oh, fuck it, let's just like mash it up together and yeah, put it out. <laughs> But that's what I'm hoping for. Are you working with Stasmer on this one? Yeah, it's coming out of uh, out on his label, uh, Homeworks uh, label, uh, Concrete Collage. We started talking about this, like me releasing. Like he, so the first time we met, uh, he told me that he was going to put out a label, and that was in 2017. And yeah, it's been like years, like me trying to get this finished. And well, to be honest, like this whole pandemic stuff, it took a toll on my creative creativity and stuff. Like. You have a pandemic, you're locked in your place for two years, you can't go out. What are you going to do? You're going to work on music. But that's not much use if you've got no inspiration and you're just sitting there going, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it completely flatlined like my creativity. And then I noticed like people started to put out more music and started feeling like, what's wrong with me? Why can I even finish the album that's been on the works for so long? But I think that's like some subconscious stuff that went down like with the whole pandemic because we've all live like pretty easily and then there's something really global and dangerous and stuff like that so i just shut down from the inside even though like i was completely normal on the outside i think it affected everybody in different ways as well i mean i think some people just got on with it i mean like for me myself i couldn't stay in the house all day i need to go out for a walk every day i need to do half an hour to an hour walk every day because i just couldn't stay in the house all day work at home stay at home watch tv eat dinner get your food delivered it's like where the fuck do i step outside yeah 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 exactly i just started to take long walks under nature like when it happened and it usually like nature is the thing that like inspires the most and like it just didn't do it like even though i was inspired like uh, on the front but yeah there was still something like uh, uh, my subconsciousness you know like, it took a toll on you like without you even really noticing like anything different happening it changed the dynamics completely why did you make aliens cry what did you do to the aliens to make them cry and they looked at the planet and going jesus you guys have fucked that up and they start crying or uh, to be honest like with a track it had that cheap well not chill but like not as fast part i kept like picturing an alien that's sad on its own planet and like being angry no well not angry and then at some point he got angry hence the second part which went more ravey you can't be angry at a good rave you can't no but yeah maybe it's my like built-in misanthropy or something oh my god this track is so good you can't say that for every track. Oh, I love this track. Oh, I love this track. That's the whole point of the show, mate. It's like all the 15 tunes that you love. (laughs) 
where did volume come from? He just appeared out of nowhere and then his sound design is so alien. It's so good. I picked this one up because it's the only fast-paced one, but I love how his other tracks are like uh, something's happening and then suddenly just falls down into lounge music, which is really trippy. And then he has this like trippy sound design on the behind going on all the time. So then you're listening to it and like thinking that, that you're tripping at an airport lounge or something. <laughs> It's funny because it sounds like it wants to be drum and bass. It's like if you went to an AI rendering machine and say, "Render me some drum and bass," and it's like it's it's like AI generated drum and bass. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, perfect description. Yeah, so good. Like I don't understand. Like him and Alan Moore. Like they're both really young. Like, I, I don't know. Like where did they get the knowledge from to do this? I'm struggling to understand even how to like plug my computer into <laughs> into the socket. And so I'm looking forward to hear like what the music of like tomorrow will be like. No, the music of tomorrow is an interesting topic. It's, it's like I mean I've often talked about this as a, as a topic of conversation. You know, when you look at the music from the 1950s. You know, the rock and roll and that sort of stuff. 60s, they had the hippie movement. You know, 70s, psychedelic rock, all the rest of it. You know, 80s, synth wave and all that sort of synthesizer music. 90s, rave music, right? So every decade, every generation has had a, a style of music. But like since the 90s, there hasn't been anything new in music. Like obviously you've got breakcore, you've got drum and bass, you've got vaporwave, you've got extra tone, you've got all the different styles of garage and, and all this. But it's all essentially just electronic rave music, right? It's like, where, where's the new music coming from? Where's the new youth, youth movement for a certain thing? It's, it's not happened in 20 years. Well, that's actually like, you embodied perfectly like what I was trying to say about uh, Kebrus. Like, because that spoke, even though it's electronic and it can be labeled everything, but it's so weird. And like, I'm pretty sure like there will be like some groundbreaking something happening soon. I think, like, for example, this insane sound design in this, like, are the, you know, like, little prisms of uh, how you can use music, like sounds, like maybe it'll invent something completely new. Well, I keep coming back to Kebrus because he didn't, he didn't use most of his track. Like there was no beat structure or anything. It was just like really glorious nonsense that was petrifying and arousing at the same time. So maybe there's something similar happening at some point. You know, someone, someone coming up with something completely unique, uniquely new. Glorious nonsense. I love that expression. That's brilliant. We should have started the show off with that. You're listening to Talking Tunes, and now we're going to have an hour of glorious nonsense with Tusk Might.
Originally, I made a list like there was 30 tracks in it, and like <laughs> when you asked me like uh, oh, 15, I was I was really struggling how to narrow it down. Oh, now oh yeah, we haven't went to Alan Moore yet. Yeah, now it's Alan Moore. This is mind-boggling. Like uh, sunk the first time when I like actually met him live, which was when we created the stems for our sunk slash Tuskmite split vinyl. That he showed me this track and he has some proper kick-ass speakers and I was completely awestruck. Even by this orchestral build-up and like I love orchestral music, but what's to come is so... it's weird. I love it. And I think the weird is the future of stuff. I think the weird is the f future of me also, platinum musically. So this is the tune, or rather the track that you were telling me about that's like nine minutes long and it's all over the place and got weird stuff and there's a very weird ending to this one as well. So we're going to get this in its, all its glory. Yeah, like, I don't know if you like orchestral music, but for me, I love orchestral music and I thought that Sunk was showing me just like this and I was completely like sold just because of this and I can fathom how some 20 year old can even compose this. It's even hard to describe, I'm pretty sure like the genre doesn't even have a name. Like it's the same type of sound that Sapphire and I love using. You know, that's really wet and pixely, like stuff flying everywhere around you. I find that really weird and arousing. I always think of it as just cerebral IDM, is what I would roughly categorize it, sort of brain dance, the sort of stuff that makes the neurons fire in lots of different random directions. Certainly for me, that's that's what I get in that. It's like, you know, in my, it's like fireworks in my head when I listen to that real complex sort of stuff that you make and, and people like Spire and all the rest of them make. Yeah, it, it's like a Thai massage for your brain. There's so much shit flying everywhere that you're like, and then when you get, get a grip of some shard flying somewhere, that like, there's so much flying around you. And I don't know if this also like, if this one of those synesthesia things, but like, this type of sound hits me so hard, especially this drop down. It's like the sounds of stepping on a wet, rotten log, which splinters, and those splinters turn into droplets that 
turn into ice and then they break again before turning into ice and going back into the wood like the rotten log like I was so awestruck like with Sung's uh, speakers like when he played this to me it was so mind-boggling like it sparked uh, it sparked like the sound beside me bone in me as well like making my own sounds but you wouldn't expect that like after three and a half minutes of you know orchestral music
really not like one of those people to put themselves out or anything. Like the thing I can do is put out some videos of tracks I'm working on on my Facebook page. But, you know, actually putting yourself out, like asking to get played somewhere and stuff, like that's really hard for me. Like I'm really shy and I'm recluse. I'm a little mouse. Understandable. I mean, everyone has a different personality, right? Um, some people love being out there and, and being on the stage and going, hey, look at me, I'm awesome, you know? Uh, some people like to just focus on the art and, and getting things done right and uh, wait to be recognized, which um, can be challenging because there's a lot of people out there waiting to be recognized. Uh, and unless you step up, it's hard to get your music out there. But uh, I definitely think, you know, definitely would like to see you get some gigs in the UK, mate. I'll tell you that for sure. Uh, and I know a lot of people have got a lot of respect for your music, so. Well, now that I've been there a few times, I would love to play more. Like, now that I'm moving in, it'll be so much more easier, like, without the flight hassle stuff. So, if you're listening to this and want me to play, like, <laughs> come at me. <laughs> Whereabouts are you going to live, do you know, or you're not decided yet? Bright, uh, apparently Brighton. Yeah, it's either Brighton, Bristol or London, really, isn't it? And I think Bristol's just too, probably too much. <laughs> Yeah, like, I was originally supposed to move to London, but like I completely understand. Like I have a lot of friends, and my spouse moving out from there, and I understand that because it's so. You never know when you have to move out, and it's expensive, and it's not easy. And so writing is a good choice because it's like so close. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was you crying. Doesn't <laughs> matter. Fucking weird ending on this tune, isn't it? He has a lot of those like spoken words stuff, which like I love his sound, but that spoken word is a bit tacky to my taste. But like his sound designing, composing skills are like out of this world. And he was like 20 when he made that whole album full of that. I have no idea how I was capable to do that because it took me like five years even to understand what a time signature is. <laughs> oh, Ghost, I love Ghost. I have a funny story. I got the same party when I first met Asma. Ghost was playing there. It was some geometry party, and I've been fanboying Ghost forever. So I actually saw him like prior to the party, like at the squat. So I went up to him and I asked him like, "Oh, are you Kenny?" And then he was like, "Yeah." And I completely froze after that. And the only thing I could mumble out was, like, "Kenny, I, I, I love you." <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't introduce yourself? No, not a... no. <laughs> there you go, he's probably listening to this now going, Ah, oh, that was Tusk Mike! Ah, oh, fuck, what did say hello to him? <laughs> I haven't actually seen him ever since. But I understand he doesn't do much parties or play or anything that much. 
But yeah, like he's, especially this album on music, like exploding geometry, it's so good. He has that really unique fling to his, like how it's flying everywhere, like his sound and those wobbly low end basses. And I like they've actually got some percussion in. Mm, some mm. drums. Yeah, yeah, so it's not only like random, <laughs> randomly assorted noises. <laughs> so you can follow the direction, like, you know? Otherwise, it's just you're lost in the wilderness, otherwise, it's too much. No, oh, yeah, it's, it's the heart of the sound. It's the heart of the music, like runs. That's how I see music. Like, it needs something. Like, it, it needs a pulse. Absolutely, that's a good way of describing it as well pulse. My bang face was so insane. Oh my god! Like it was brilliant. It was great to meet you there as well, mate. Oh, like <laughs> it was. Uh, I have some few faint little flares of memories here. That, like I remember chatting with you and actually everyone there. Oh my god! It was like we have nothing even close here in Finland. I had no idea what I was getting involved with, and it, it was like being stuck in an Eric Andre episode for four days. Like. Nothing made sense. Like there's either someone doing some stupid shit somewhere, or someone in a costume, or when you try to ask someone for something, either like walk away or just give you breakfast or something. <laughs> I know the people that go absolutely make it a brilliant festival because everyone's just so sound and you know you can just talk to anyone. And the other thing is like you know I meet so many people there. To me, it's like a business trip. I don't drink, I don't do drugs, because I just want to meet people and say that, because there's just so many fucking people I know there. It's brilliant for that. And obviously, just the music. It's an absolute, I call it Rave Christmas, and it quite literally is Rave Christmas. The sheer volume of, like, so many good artists playing at the same time, like, people whose music you love at the same time, and people who make the music you love, uh, you know, you see them all around you, and I was, I was overwhelmed by it, and then like with the overall chaos going on, you know, with the festival going, like festival goers and stuff like that, insane. Sounds right, yeah. French, Love French. it. Posture de mm. synthesis from Montreal in Canada. So mm. they must be French Canadian, right? I'm guessing with a name like that. Yeah, such an overlooked artist. Like, all of his stuff is so good, especially like this album, this obsessive lace work. This whole album is so good. And I love how it's like tiptoeing between like IDM and breakcore. And there's, you have like that trackery, really precise sound, but you also have that hardware y sound like going at the same time. And it's just like dancing in between. Love him. Yeah, I love it uh, because it's so like goofy. Like this whole track, it has like a goofy feeling to it. That's why 
that's why I picked it out. Julian like having to do the mastering on my album because the way I mix everything like I love stuff flying everywhere like I've gotten over putting you know stuff all the way behind so that you can hear it from like proper stereos still I make everything like the drums and everything uh, fly from everywhere so oh my god Julian I'm so if you're listening to this I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's a lovely guy too. <laughs> love, love him so that was your first bang face. Was that the first time you'd been to bang face? Yeah, 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 yeah. Funny story, like Sunk, he thought that he bought a single ticket, but he accidentally bought a whole chalet. Yeah, wait, how do you pronounce it? Ch- chalet? Chalet? Yeah, chalet, yeah. Someone made fun of me, like at the festival, when I was trying to find a Finnish chalet, and I was asking for like, oh, do you know where the Finnish chalet is? And everyone made fun of me because I sounded like a posh, Hush someone. But where's the chalet? I'm trying to find a chalet. Sunk accidentally bought the whole chalet. And so he invited me and oh my god, I'm so grateful. It was so much fun. And insane. Like nothing matters. I'm pretty sure that someone like when we were out or something, like someone pissed themselves and I was really paranoid that I had accidentally pissed myself. Like when we came back to the room, it just reeked of urine. If there's ever a place to piss yourself in public, it's big face. <laughs> we heard stories like people shitting on the windows and stuff like that. So it was obviously I thought, oh, maybe it was just me, like I pissed myself or something. But it wasn't me, like I wasn't that drunk. Like I just had a few bottles of breakfast and stuff like that. I love, like this is maybe my my all-time favorite track. When I was younger, I felt shame in like listening to breakcore, like if I was traveling in the subway in Finland, so that if someone heard that I was listening to breakcore, but like punk gave me like this new punk, it, it just and empowering. So this track, like this by Rotator, is like was empowering to me, and like throughout my uh, wait, I actually haven't. No idea what you call it, like career college? Do you have that? In, do you have that there? Uh, yeah, like we learn to be like an electrician or a plumber or a chef sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So this track, like, it was for me. Like, I'm just gonna like march in and yeah, I didn't think about anything. It, it, the same thing that dragged it, which I sadly don't do enough now. Yeah, Rotator. Obviously, he's the guy who runs Peace Off Records. But um, I've, I've noticed recently, like, I don't know what's happening to Peace Off. They haven't had any releases out since 2015. I don't know if Peace Off has come to an end or what, but I mean, the whole roster of artists on the Peace Off label are just unreal, absolute legends in breakcore. I've heard that Frank is working as a not carpenter, but with furniture and stuff like that these days. 
Uh, I have no idea what's going on with PSR, but PSR, it's been around for like, what, 30, uh, 23 years, 24? It's been around. Oh, I love this. Yes, yeah, sounds like a construction site. So good. Can we make this like a three and a half hour thing? Because like I have so many more tracks I, w I would like to show. <laughs> it's the way people get to the end and they're like, oh, is that the end of the show already? I can't believe it. And I could have done so much more. I know what you're saying. Oh, well, it's the same like when playing live, I'm really shy when playing. It's, uh, I'm really shy. It's like a hell to me, like when I play. So like after it's done, done with, then I'm like actually ready to, oh, can I do another one? <laughs> like I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> yeah, I know. You would come to the end of the show and they like going, right, let's go back to the start and start all over again, yeah? But it's so different when you do it with your own music. Like like some of the tracks I've played, uh, like my own, they have like some really sad story behind them. And then just seeing people dancing to it like pre-meditatedly, like thinking about that makes me like anxious. But like when I actually see people enjoying it, like just because they think it sounds pretty or something, like that just makes uh, makes my day. And really, I should learn to get some confidence with playing and stuff like that. Like I'm literally sitting on a treasure. Like I've made so much music I haven't put anywhere. So after poetism was uh, like it being on the works for so long, I made so much more music in between. And today I feel like putting music out, you know, like on SoundCloud or YouTube or stuff like that. So I have so much more music. So I'm thinking about making like a separate release, like my own release, so that I can put out all the tracks I made throughout the years and some new ones and then uh, make a release out of that and like you know to help me like obviously it would be free but to help me fund my relocation to the uk because it's so ridiculously expensive after brexit <laughs> all right look we've come to the end of the show um i've got to say thanks for bringing all those lovely tunes to our ears and uh, talking to us and talking tunes mate oh, thanks for having me darling Ah, you're awesome, mate. And I hope to see you again at Bankface next year. Yeah, one way or another. Like, I'm, I'm just gonna dig a tunnel <laughs> under the fence to come there. <laughs> nice one. All right, see you now. Bye. See you. Escalator.